We make shit up sometimes. We'll always fix it in the next I make episode. shit up all the time. Dude, speaking of. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, we do. Oh, I guess so. One of the segments we do on this fucking thing. Oh, by the way, this is the podcast we're doing here. Episode 25. 25. By the way. Which is, uh, when did you guys start? Pretty sweet one. We've been we've done one a week for the last 25 weeks. weeks. Ago, yeah. I guess. yeah. <laughs> we missed one week, I think, of all the weeks. So. Did we? Well, we released one, but uh, you went out of town for a week. Oh, no shit. But we had one backed up. Dude, I'm glad you have a better memory than me because I don't remember that. Well, that's how I just, because it's basically one a week and, you know, pretty easy. So, yeah, almost uh, almost half a year. Quarter century. Dude. <laughs> 25. Great number. Big two five. Uh, I, I feel like I don't know any good facts about the number 25. I can't think of like a good baseball player or something, dude. I don't fucking know. No. I remember being 25. <clears throat> that was a good time. Oh, man. I'm 25. Wow, you're 25? Really? That's, yeah. a sweet, that's a sweet 25 fact right there. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. Yeah, there you so, go. Episode 25. Episode for a 25 year old guy. Happy 25th birthday, belated, bud. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> By the way, uh, who are we? Who are we? Who are we talking to right now? Uh, my name is Kadian. What's up? I'm a guy. Hey. You're a guy. I'm from Chicago here. Fuck yeah, Chi Town baby. Play a little guitar. Uh, travel the world, play the guitar. Who do you play the guitar with? I play guitar chance? with Twin Peaks. Yeah, you awesome, do. Man. And a band That's called cool. Column as well. Cool. Ooh, I don't know much about that. We're going to get into that for sure at some point. Oh, I wanna, sure. Let's, if I, this is the thing that always happens where I say that and then I fucking forget. I'll try to remember for you. Yeah, so try to yeah. remember to talk about Colm. But sweet, man, thanks for being here. That's super fucking cool, man. We we uh, met recently and you're we met yesterday. Awesome, awesome enough to, to <laughs> we be like, met yesterday. Uh, it was a, a, a great time meeting and uh, very well suited to coming on a gear podcast the next day. Right? Yeah, you're kind of warm. I was up, lucky right? to have Henry show me some pedals yesterday. I came in looking for a, uh, a new fuzz pedal at CME. I had been CME for a while. Stopped using pedals and I was like, or cut it back a bunch. I was like, fuck it. I'm trying to go back to yeah. using some stuff. So um, our great friend Pete, who runs the show over there now, uh, he set me up with Henry, and Henry was bringing stuff in. At first, I just asked for some fuzz faces. We were doing that. But then we tried some out. Dude. He's great because he, he was just – it was nice having some someone, like, play with the pedals and get excited about it. I couldn't think of anybody better to, like, can we test out, you know, a dozen pedals? And yeah. And he's the guy, man. That, like, idea has always been, you know, it's a, it's a weird one at guitar shops because, like, that should be how it goes down if it's great. But also, like, I've never actually had it happen to me where it's been, like, all right, I got set up with someone who showed me some cool shit and this yeah. was natural and fun. I've always, like, been on the other side where that's supposed to be what happens when you work there. Dude, thanks, man. But was it was nice, great. Uh, yeah, it was Pete, Pete snapped with setting me up with you. Yeah. It was great. And we tried some pedals. Then he was like... All right, let's get some let's weird get ones. <laughs> oh man, what do we bust? I, I want to know. Oh, what we you got played. the. Yeah. We got I, the I, I grabbed the Jex Teller. Okay. Um, Dizzy Tone. Jex Tellers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I don't even know. Jex Teller was a character on Sons of Anarchy. Oh Ooh. shit, son! Busting out Charlie those pop, cult, pop culture facts. <laughs> that early two yeah, thousand. Do that Dizzy Tone. So that pedal is a clone, or sort of, basically a clone of a real old Italian fuzz from the late late sixties. Cool by a company called Elks uh, called the Dizzy Tone. And uh, so the cool thing is that there, I mean, there are a lot of cool things about it, but it, each one, there are, I think, maybe seven different versions, and each one uses different super old, really weird, rare transistors. The one, I believe you got the V4. V4, yeah. And that one has 1958 Mullard OC44 Uh-oh. 
transistors to get super fucking dickhole nerdy real quick That's for awesome. you guys. It was sick because, I mean, it's like, yeah, if you want to get totally squashed out, fucked up fuzz vibes, you can do that with that. But uh, it just sounded so great, like, set subtle. We were talking about this, too. Like, effects should feel like effects if you're going to use them. Yeah. Like, people, the transparent overdrive thing and, like, subtle effects. I get it. That's a good point. And I've been there for a long time, but also effects should sound like an effect. Yeah, dude. This was nice because if you don't want to go totally balls to the wall and it's set subtle, it still had, like, this character to it's it. more like a boost like, type thing or something? Yeah, like a lead tone thing. But it yeah. just, like, had this, like, weird... I don't, bite's not the right I want to call it chewy to, to keep the mouth thing going. <laughs> yeah. It's for real, though. It has this kind of chewy texture to it that only us fucking weirdos can can notice. But there, it we I don't know, how many fuzz pedals did we play? At least 10? Yeah, it's close to that. And, I, was, and that I would have been surprised if it was any less than that 10. Was, yeah. there was, and there were really cool things about pretty much every one we played, but there, there was just this extra character that that one had, especially with the blues driver like you usually yeah. use. That it just, I, I was just instantly like, well, shit, we need to order another V4 so I can get one for myself. Well, there you go. It was definitely so the kind of, I mean, I, it was this, that's what I'm saying. It was that thing where I had a guy in there who was like someone else to be psyched with me. Where Kind of hang with. He yeah. was kind of like, that's the one. I was like, that's the one. He was like, you need to buy this, basically, without saying that. Oh, I don't, I, face, know, I don't know. He wasn't selling that. me like, no, he no, didn't no. say that. Right. But like. He was so excited about I, it that you Yeah, were that I was excited yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And I was truly, it was genuine. But, you know, just being like, we both knowing, like, I was playing and being yeah. like, oh, this is sick, we right? Both yeah. Knew. Yeah. That yeah. was that was it was a good moment. For Plus, sure, he'll man. be like, "No, that one doesn't work," or whatever, too, right? Well, I never want to tell so because we all hear shit different. We all feel sure. shit different, so I don't ever want to tell someone what to like. But once but you kind of know what you're I looking can pick for. up, I think on what they're digging, and and it's awesome when in that instance it's the same thing that I'm digging. You yeah, know? right. So that was that. Yeah, that was. Did you try any daredevil pedals? Not in this particular instance. Uh, that would if we ha if we hadn't gotten to that one, we maybe would have gone to some yeah. check out some Daredevil. Right on, Incidentally, I'm going to be seeing him in a couple days. So oh, yeah. Johnny, if you're listening, we'll be we'll be talking soon. Cool. Um, yeah. So sweet, dude. Wow. We already got deep into pedal land. What was right the, uh, the what was your setup? What kind of guitar amp were you going through? Oh, uh, I was actually trying the CME has that like Chicago special jazz master. Yeah, those uh, are so dude, you would cool. freak out when you saw this. It is it the is perfect nice. meatball guitar. Which one was Chicago it? Bear meatball because it's got <laughs> matching orange body and head cap. Oh baby, I think it was, yeah. it's, I think it's like <laughs> Chicago orange. It's sort of yeah, it's like 50, I think it's fifty nine ish specs. I can't yeah. remember exactly. Uh, it's right a Vienna now. beef for sure. It, That's nice. <laughs> I, think uh, we, we, I give that one five out of five Vienna beefs. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> dude, it was uh, yeah. So it was that into the Princeton? That's yeah. Oh, Princeton. cool. It yeah, great. I because I was, I just I, I have a Jazzmaster coming. There you go. I've never never owned a Jazzmaster or a Jag, um, but I, I got one coming the next couple of days because I've got these pickups that would fit in Jazzmaster rooting was kind of the lead me to. So you're like, I'm going to get one. Yeah. I have to get a Jazzmaster <laughs> now. Um, so trying one out, they had the same neck radius. The Chicago special yeah. was fucking awesome. That's important too, man. Like, you you know, it wasn't like you play a Jazzmaster, but you grabbed a Les Paul to try out on pedals, you know? It's, yeah, no, it's I want to try to replicate what you got. Exactly. And, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's not even going to be close because it's going to be a totally different guitar with different pickups. With the but, band and everything. and yeah, But too. close enough, mm -hmm. you know? Right. That's a long th for a long time when I was younger. You don't know that when you go to the store and you're like trying out gear. It's like it's the best if you can bring your own guitar and your yeah. own amp or whatever. But no one's gonna fucking do that. Well, you, you can do that at Chicago Music Exchange. You, you They'll let you totally. Yeah. yeah. 
Fuck it. I, I think most I think most music shops will be cool with that because yeah, yeah I they mean it's check for, you it's in. What if we're you want to know how it works, yeah. you got to do your it. setup. You got to bring your setup. Should just, wheel in your amps and shit too, man, and just like yeah. bring the whole band and be like, dude, I got to try this pedal out. We got a jam here to make sure that this works. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hit it, guys. Oh, that's that's funny. It's almost that's like the, that's literally one of the things I want to talk about. But we'll we'll, we'll part, press pause on that for now. Okay, dude. Let's get back to the let's get back to the Ministry of Corrections. Do we for have a some? Here. I'm gonna try to keep this fucking train on the rails if, we, <laughs> if, if, if that's possible. Uh, so Ministry of Corrections. Well, okay, it's not necessarily a correction. Yeah. Uh, I last week we were talking about, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Whenever Joe Darnaby was on, and um, thanks again, Joe, for being on this fucking awesome episode. We were talking about uh, best supergroup, kind of out of nowhere. And um, I never actually even mentioned one that I wanted, so I would just like to take this mo- opportunity to say, and I'm not going to say that they're the, the best supergroup of all time, but yeah. my favorite of my lifetime for sure is them Crooked Vultures. And, oh, I, and I, it just like as a fucking huge Queens fan, obviously Zeppelin being basically the best, my favorite band ever. Yeah. And then, you know, fucking Dave Roll, who's the coolest dude in rock and roll. Yeah. Had, just want to get that out there in the it's, ministry because it was one like of those I questions like when you asked it was like oh man like if i had thought about this I before know. i came you know as i was editing that mother i i was just like Dude. i want to take mine back what was yours remember yeah, I, said, what was yours? I said audio slave oh and i f- but i was just shit, joking I but, shit all then we went on the tangent about well is it technically a super group if it's just the singers band yeah right but uh, i was thinking temple of the dog would actually be a pretty <sighs> i knew you were gonna say that and well I, i've been and on the i was I on know, the pearl jam, pearl jam thing man what's that where it happened i watched the documentary how we do it man <laughs> next week i'll forget all about it i'll have a new i one. mean chris cornell is undeniably just one of the most badass vocalists ever so whatever right. you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ever talk shit about that but you know, i just you know i don't fuck with the fucking you don't like the, ed the, 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 <laughs> plus he's a cubs fan and let's be honest fuck, man fuck the cubs you know? <laughs> I mean, fuck you that's baby. what it really <laughs> is white Sox, baby damn right that's right oh so you I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an original I'm a native South Sider so you know grew up loving the White Sox and native North Sider but my dad's cool so we yeah, like the White Sox. Yeah, it's weird. My mom was actually a Cubs fan, but you know my dad was my baseball coach, so I was a White Sox fan. Sure. I got a lot of shit the World Series year going to elementary school on the North Side. <laughs> Everyone called me a bandwagon fan. I was like, mm. I've liked the White Sox the whole time. I just can't talk to you guys about it because yeah. you're all Cubs fans. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I'm always down to shit on the Cubs. It's a real. It's, just, it's really fun. It's really. Fun. I just think I, in every way, prefer going to a game at, you know, what I call the Sears Tower now, but yeah. it was whatever. I don't even know the guaranteed rate field, wherever the fuck it is. Well, we've got the best non-manager as our manager. Oh yeah, you got a you got a catcher, managing yeah. you guys now, right? Yeah. Cool. How do you feel about that, David Ross? Man, this just turned into ESPN sports talk. Sports, yeah. uh, Waddle and Sylvie over here. <laughs> That's right. Henry. I don't even. I don't even own a radio. I don't know how I just pulled that out. Of yeah, my ass. I think they're still on. Well, speaking of Pearl Jam and yeah. and baseball, yeah, we jammed with Eddie Vedder at a Theo Epstein event one time. No shit, that was pretty weird. That's, That's super awesome, cool, actually. Though, it was. Yeah, he was. It was the weirdest part about it was it was like the rest of the band are Cubs fans. And Theo was a fan of the band for, I don't know if he still is. We might have gotten too drunk with him. He might have bailed on us. <laughs> He's like, that got that. weird, yeah. But he had a, like his last trophy party for Theo. Uh, it was like, somewhere downtown or whatever. Um, he had us play 
And it's like, you know, 3 a.m. at this point, Bill Murray and Eddie Vedder are fucking oh, wasted dude. there, and Connor, our drummer's dad, is drumming with Eddie Vedder on stage. <laughs> and Eddie Vedder just like, you know any, you know, like classic rock songs? And it's like, what is happening here? You guys know Jeremy? <laughs> dude, actually, Pearl Jam was a huge fan of The Who, so if you knew any Who oh, songs, dude. they probably would have busted them out. That might have been what's happened. I can't say I remember, and yeah. I can't divulge anything past this. No, for dude. Everyone's sake. That's super involved. fucking cool, though. Yeah, that's, that's it's a pretty, pretty weird. Pretty wicked experience right there, man. Shit. Wicked and weird. Yeah. Well, you know, now we've got it documented for for history's sake. Yeah. Uh, fucking dude, let's just keep it on. Let's keep it on going. I noticed next segment, which is becoming quickly, has become my favorite. Uh, we're calling grinding my gear hunks. It's just shit that pisses me off. <laughs> but I noticed that. So we have this little like Google Docs, the shared document for like an outline that we usually do. And normally, honestly, like I just do it. And then I noticed that you threw in your own. I g- did grinding. Yeah. Which one? You. Do, you don't remember? Oh. You, there are multiple bullet points in here. What do it's, we got? It's maybe sellers, you have a ghost contributor. Sellers it's not who pay. drop their p- price and raise it back up again. Oh, that's what weird. to do. Yeah, when what? that shit ain't selling in all caps. That's right. Now I remember. <laughs> that was a few weeks ago, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. It just showed up. And then, where's the market? What drives the market? Will there be a dive? Why can't everything just cost half as much? Guitars <laughs> aren't real estate. Or are they? We might have had a few cocktails. Yeah, I think the drunken ramblings of <laughs> yeah. the man pissed off. I, maybe you weren't answering eBay. You deal. weren't answering your text. So <laughs> yeah, I you just, thought you were typing in I the iMessage yeah, at right? the time. You never responded to my text, bro. <laughs> It's like when Ryan sets up the fucking document for Creed that he tells him is a blog, and it's actually just a, a Word document, and it's like Creed's yes, thoughts. Yes, for sure. Now, we've already been a sports podcast, a fucking Chicago hometown podcast, and now an office podcast. I in, love it. In one, one episode, so that's fucking great. Yeah, it's just a Relatable. So do you want to, do you want to, are you pissed off about that stuff, uh, or do you, do you do that pass? I, I think it's more of just a funny thing. It doesn't really grind my gear hunks, I guess, uh, but like, what do you do? I mean, okay, let's talk about raising and lowering your prices on the same item. There was a, I was watching a 66 P base and this, this guy was selling it for, I think fourth, it was like a $4,003, like a very, very strange. Is that a Rickenbacker reference? No, I mean, maybe for him. I don't know, but that's what he was charging. And then he dropped it to like 38.95.62 cents or something. And then he brought it back up to like $4,002. Hmm. Yeah. What do you, what's the question? Well, I don't know. Why would you, why would somebody do that? Maybe it was like some sort of eBay auto deal where it's like, hey, it's like a limited time five percent off. Or it was on. Uh, it was on Reverb. Oh, it was on Reverb. Yeah, well, Reverb does that shit too for sure. Yeah, trying to get people to buy shit. You know, people see uh, maybe people it was see a on price that. drop and they're like, oh, I gotta buy it instantly. Maybe it was one of those price drops. Might have been one of those things. Yeah. So that shit wasn't selling. I still don't think it's sold. Hmm. Sixty six. You say is it one of those? Flat, it's not a bad price. I think I showed you. It's one. the one. The guy's in France, though. It's the only problem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be one, like that. One, but four thousand isn't isn't that much for a sixty six. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a sixty four. So it's actually a pre CBS. Oh shit. Yeah, dude. it's better. Yeah, that's um, actually not that expensive. That's why I was like, you know, Charlie, you should buy this. Um, Charlie, buy it. But it is shady when the guy like doesn't respond to you, won't send you pictures. I'm like, are you actually trying to sell this or or not? You know. So I messaged him twice. I was like, hey, can I see some more photos? Just of like the back of the neck, like anything. And so important to no see res- the back of that. No neck. response. You don't Just want no. those sticky. Well, it looks necks. oversprayed, so mm. I want to see if it was. Mm. Um, also, yeah, where are we at with the with the market? Where are we? I don't know. It's I think high. it's pretty high right now. It's very high. Yeah, it's the baby. The boomers are. 
Gear is expensive. Able, able to buy the shit that they always wanted when they were kids now. So yeah. it's, it's that the market's going to follow that shit. And a lot of what's happening too, which is kind of a cool thing, a lot of the old school famous badass dudes that had all the cool gear are starting to sell off their collection. Yeah, so shit's just auctions. showing up. Yeah. So that I guess that would drive it up. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's both demand and supply happening. Yeah. Econ, baby. That's right. Econ 101. So, How about uh, yeah. fucking, why am I forgetting his name? Other guy from Steely, not Donald. The Walter dope Becker? Dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. All his shit going up for sale. Yeah. You see that? It was like one, one of, I think one of his strats went for one and a half million. <laughs> Fucking gnarly. Yeah, he, I was looking at that one. <laughs> thinking about yeah, it? I put, a, I put it. If dropped it like one, 100 grand, I would have went Maybe. for it. I mean, 1.4, that's just a steal <laughs> yeah, right there. Jesus. Those, those are just up at auction, right? They don't like. That was an auction. Was I, an they usually auction? do Christie's or Sotheby's or whatever, yeah. that kind of shit. Heritage guitars. I, I know that the listings were online. I don't remember if you could have bid it, bid, bid it, bid, I don't know, online. Yeah, I mean, the prices are still up there, man. I was just telling a story about um, a buddy of ours went and it was like one of those barn find guitars where literally it was in a barn or like under, you know, a no basement shit. or something. And it was a Strat, I think a 57 Strat. And really nice condition. And so he went to the, it was actually like a physical auction, went to the auction or like a estate auction type thing mm-hmm. with a load of money, you know, ready to buy it, but also ready to get it for like a good deal. And it went up and sold for like $29,000 or something. So didn't end up buying because it was like, oh, I'll bring 15000 mm-hmm. And if I get it for that, that's still an okay deal to make some money back. Oh, shit. So, uh, yeah, the market is alive and well, I would say. I'm waiting for it to drop, so I'm gonna start scooping me up some, scoop, some new guitars. Well, what are you gonna scoop? I don't know, man. I don't know. You don't want to give. You don't want to divulge your. No, if I start telling them, people, secrets. you know, those will raise up. It's a fucking gear podcast, dude. That's what the people. That's what the people demand. No, they want. I don't know. We'll see. Mm, we'll see. I like. I like that deflection. All right, time for <laughs> now. Now that I, I, it's still my favorite segment. Dave's Docs. Dave's Docs, baby. This is where we Dave talks about a different music or rock and roll or some sort of I watch documentary way too many documentaries okay. about music. Um, are you a music documentary guy? Uh, not deep. Okay. Not deep. Yeah. I, I was a big music uh, autobiography or biography guy. Oh, okay. Dude, it's Back almost days like, before Netflix. Yeah. It's almost like you know what the next segment's going to be. We'll fucking get to that. Yeah. Get there. Damn right. Um, oh, yeah. The real quick one. Uh, remind me the name because I just watched it this morning. Heartworn Highway. <laughs> Heartworn oh, Highway. I can roll with you on that movie. That's you know an incredible flick. I Country haven't music. seen it. You motherfuckers. Out. Tell me about it. Dude, so Outlaw Country, they filmed it in like 75, 76. They released it in 81 for some reason, but they filmed it all. And it's like, you know, Towns Van Zant, David Allen Coe, like all the original just bad motherfuckers. Damn, you're talking whiskey. You're talking guns and acoustic guitars. Yeah, it's it's very like it's super real. Yeah. Like. These shots with Towns, which I think are the highlight of the movie Me for too. sure. Um, it's just like him at this shack he's staying at and his like old friend who's this old black guy. And he's just playing, uh, what's the, the Codeine song? Uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, I, I, uh, I was fucking listening to it. Um, forget the name of it, but he's playing he's playing a tune. and just Wait like, Around to Die. Yeah, Wait Around to Die. Yeah. And this old black man's just like sobbing like on the mm. porch listening to it. It's and they're out in the summer sun in the real. fucking middle of the desert. And it's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, like, dude it makes you want to This is the cry. real blues. Can we like, just quit the podcast so I can watch this Yeah, right now? I was oh actually going to say it. It's a great flick. And someone my dad knew was like involved with making it originally. Wow. I got to meet him. I was talking to him about it. And he was just so like, not about like, 
it was any accomplishment or anything. It's like, oh yeah, we filmed these guys. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. They were just like, hanging out. This movie's fucking incredible. And he's like, yeah, it's cool. Thanks. Damn. I mean, thanks, man. It's 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 the cool thing I like about the old documentaries like that. There's just long shots of everything. There's no uh, subtitles. There's no titles even. Like they'll just go to a guy. If you don't know who it is, you don't know who it is, and you just kind of watch the performance. But I want to know who it is. I know. There's just there's so many good. Oh, so many. I, good I would. I would bet at this point there are some serious, detailed internet descriptions of this shit. Oh, where yeah. be like, oh, at seventeen oh four, it's you know. Yep. Yeah, and whatever. I tried googling like the songs. I was like song listing for the movie, and it went to some Sister Hazel record that came out in like <laughs> fucking whenever. <laughs> Wait, dude. What was Sister their Hazel? eighth studio record? What was their hit? They oh man. Shit. Did they do hear know. it? Hear it from you. Or is that the Jim Blossom? When I hear it from no, that's like the Jim Blossom. I think that's, I don't know, dude. I don't know that <laughs> shit. Blue Dolls, maybe? That's Hey Jealousy by, I don't know. That's but a it's, good, it's that's not, Jim Blossom. It's not the Googs. There's that's no Jim Blossoms, yeah. Someone's got a really good pressing of, they got the soundtrack for Heartworn Highway. It was like a record store day thing a couple Ooh. years ago. That's what I was looking for. Ooh. Yeah. I feel like, I don't think it was Light in the Attic, but some like, you know, reissue label like that. Fuck yeah, dude. And it's very expensive to get. Really? Yeah, the, market, only the market's made... looking good for that. Yeah, no shit. Oh, that's a problem. I, I'm, the I'm Discogs vinyl. market. Dude, I'm dude. a vinyl boy, oh, and I, I have all my shit on Discogs, and I almost don't let myself look at the prices because of seeing what some of my shit's worth now, man. It's Makes... fucking nuts. I want, I, I want it for me to listen to, not yeah. to like sell, but then I'll, and then I see it's like, wait, this is $300 It'll now? keep going oh up. God. Hold on yeah. to it. Keep listening to yeah. it. Just don't scratch it. No, I, I'm with you, man. Oof. Wow, I th- honestly I feel like that's my that is the the best recommendation I've gotten from you on Dave's Docs okay. since we've had a podcast. Yeah, that, yeah. I, like seriously, I'm super excited to watch. Yeah, this please one. watch it. Um, wow, and definitely at least watch that clip of Towns playing that song, man. It's oh like, no, dude, I'm it, gonna watch it. Hits it you right that, that clip's on YouTube. Oh, it, but... it comes up right away if you Google his name. So it's it's fucking classic. Dude, so you were you were saying before how you we haven't really given you any Dave's Docs recommendations. Yeah, I've got one that. I'm gonna recommend only because I also don't I don't have a way to get it myself. So, are you a neutral neutral milk hotel guy? Either of you guys? Never no dived guy. in. So I I'm a huge fan. They, I mean, they really only was like two records and then some other songs or whatever. Um, but there's a documentary that they just put out. Somebody uh, I don't have the details in front of me. It's a, actually it's a documentary about all about Elephant Six, which is the, the label collective that Neutral Milk Hotel came from. A bunch of other bands, you know, Elf Power, tons of people. Uh, but anyways, so this documentary came out, and the only way to get it is they don't they didn't tell you which, but at certain record stores there are flyers, and you have to find a flyer and then call the phone number on the flyer. And if you find the flyer and call the phone number, you have to order a VHS tape, and that is the only way they're releasing this brand new documentary Whoa. about Neutral Milk Hotel. Fucking hipsters, man! <laughs> I just, I want to see it so bad. A VHS? And, and that- I do not have a VCR. I also I also no longer have a functioning VCR. Oh I would, the I market would is not looking one. good for the VCR. <laughs> it's, it's about to go up, right? At least a few hundred would be sold. I don't know. My VCR collection on Discogs has been looking pretty solid. I don't know about you guys. Dang, dude. Dude. Fuck. Uh, so, yeah. So seek that out so okay. I can watch it, and then you can really call yourself the man I'm, of Dave's I dogs. might have a VCR up in my closet. I'm not saying seek out a VCR. I'm saying seek out the documentary. I'm gonna need to watch it somehow. Well, sure. Well, I'll if you find it, I'll buy. I will buy a fucking VCR. I'd be shocked if they didn't do a digital release. They don't. That's the. I told you. I read about this, and they're not. God damn it. I'm sure some someone will bootleg entrepreneur will bootleg it for us, but you know. Okay. 
I'm still I'm still really excited to see it. So find that for me. Good rec. Next one, Riff Library, which is where I talk about and we all talk about fucking rock and roll books and shit and biographies mm. and autobiographies. So in this, so I had one planned for this week, which I told you about. Stanley Donwood is the name of the artist who does all, or ha, since, I think since OK Computer has done all Radiohead's art. Mm-hmm. And he just had a book come out this week, which I got. It's super rad. But Nick, and I still don't know how to pronounce his last name correctly, Toskis or Toschit, T-O-S-C-H-E-S, who wrote Hellfire, died this week. So I, f- I, f- I thought that it would be way better to talk about that because... May you rest in peace because it is absolutely the best rock and roll biography or I guess music biography I've ever read for sure. Uh, you know, I'm not the only person that has this opinion. It's kind of on those lists and shit like that that people make of like best rock books and whatever best biographies and that sort of stuff. It's always at the top or near the top. Super. If you if anybody is interested at all in Jerry Lee Lewis or just beautiful, beautiful prose written in almost kind of a. I, I mean, the easy comparison would be something like a Hunter Thompson kind of mm. high praise consciousness thing, but even weirder or darker or more Southern. I mean, the he he did, of course, meet and speak with Jerry Lee Lewis a lot when he made this book, but it's not really that. It's that he writes it more in, in almost kind of like a Truman Capote fiction style where it's like you're reading a story mm. and just beautifully written. Um, absolutely. I don't, I don't know. Was, I, I wasn't really a huge Jerry Lee Lewis fan per se before reading it. And I wouldn't say that I am now either like the music I love, but I, I don't fucking bang to Jerry Lee Lewis when I'm out walking down the street, you know, that would be weird. but this book riveting cover to cover. Can't it might bang it. more to Jerry Lee Lewis. You ever seen, you guys watch the uh, tales from the tour bus? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely, man. I mean, I'm not saying that. In no way am I trying to downplay Jerry Lee Lewis's impact on music or my. The fuck are you trying to, to downplay shit. him for, man? <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> it's the book is so fucking good that it's just like, I can't. Is it his whole story or what? I mean, what is it? Yeah. I, well, I mean, it, you know, it, it came out and I think I want to say like maybe the 80s or 90s or okay. something like that. So it's not the whole story, but it, the way he kind of leaves, the way he leaves him at the end is, I don't know. I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it. What's the name of the book one more time? Hellfire. Hellfire. It's actually, I've got it sitting on the, I've got it sitting on the counter right over there if you mm. want to check it out. Sounds good. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I think you should, I think you would dig it. Do, do, you, I, have, do you have any, do you have a Riff Library book that you, comes to mind? Well, that you I mean, awesome? just the recent one, uh, reading the Jeff Tweedy book. Um, I have not checked that out yet. Incredible. Yeah. It's kind of shocking how good his writing is. Hmm. Uh, so it'd be totally fine if it was like kind of just passable writing and telling a story, but like yeah. super engaging author must have had a great editor or else he just has it up there. Yeah. Um, just like a really good storyteller. I think uh, really tells a good time about like growing up in the suburbs and like the impact of going to record stores still when that was all there was and still being a musician today in this day and age of streaming. Like, yeah, he just like, has kind of lived through both through this the giant transition in the music industry. I think has interesting perspectives on it, um, and he's just he's funny. He's he's got a lot of like there's like multiple times in the book that he'll be referencing like you know his favorite YouTube performance video, and he'll be like, "Go watch it right now. Here's what to look <laughs> up." And like you stop and you go nice. watch it. There's a point where he makes you read like a Lester Bangs Clash review. He's like, "Go oh. read that and then pick the book back up." Wow. And, uh, it's like yeah, he's really like a pretty good educator, and just like yeah. it's it's as if he's sitting there and talking to you, and it's pretty great. Fuck yeah! Uh, so highly recommend I'm the gonna, Jeff Tweedy autobiography. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Great book. Great guy to support here in Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah, and we both know that he Tweedsies is 53 years old. 53. Because of one episode we were trying to guess and Dave accidentally guessed it right. So was, yeah. you know, now we'll forever know how old he is. We should we should actually celebrate his birthday every year. I think. Yeah, we should. Should, I don't know his tradition. exact birthday. No, so. we should do that. May this, 29th. Gonna, that's it. We're just going to say we're just gonna say it's May 29th. <laughs> Can we guess that? Yeah. See, we get, it's the over under. We'll correct that shit next week. Uh, this is another game. We're gonna throw this one to you again too. Uh, this is one uh, an ep- uh, an episode. This is an episode that we have. This is a segment <laughs> that we call Band Buds, and we just like to give our guests an opportunity to talk about maybe one of their their bands or or one of their friends' bands that they think people should should check out. Uh, I think everyone in Chicago should. You guys are probably familiar. I know you are. Uh, Ohm hmm. is just a band that I don't think gets enough. Uh, you know, cred or they, they got the cred for the musicians in the scene, but I would love to see them get a little wider. Uh, just more people getting into them. They're an incredible band, uh, like so versatile. You hear them all over other people's shit. Macy plays strings on so many bands' records, all the Whitney stuff. That's all her string work. Uh, they both sing all over all sorts of stuff. Our records, a lot of like the Chance stuff they had worked on, a lot of like Chicago hip hop stuff. They're like incredible session musician players but their own band is just totally impeccable uh they'll do crazy hocketing vocals where they're singing a melody line and just trading off each note um very pretty singers but then they'll get super gnarly like kind of proggy mathy riffs put in there sometimes great band um so ohm is great my love band's that. sick. Love Twin Peaks. We're awesome. You guys are sick. Yeah, you so, guys are, you know, go play the we, new record. I don't think we've I don't think we've talked enough about how sick you guys are, but that's that's absolutely planned. New record, man. That so it came out what? September? September thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Really good. Oh, good day. Oh shit. Same man. day as Charlie XCX's record. That was a sick record. <laughs> I actually I haven't I haven't heard that yet. I didn't listen to it. Oh, yeah, really. she's a pop star. An old friend of mine is her publicist, oh, wow. so I, I get a she lot of Charlie cool. XCX in my feed. Yeah. You know, she seems to be huge too, just like this like huge megastar. I mean, I don't I don't know much about She's music beautiful. or anything. Beautiful gal. Oh. Um, well, sweet man, yeah. Everybody go check out Ohm. We'll put up links and all that good. And shit they for them. they sing all over our new record as well. Oh, okay. To tie that, which was kind of fun. We were. We did this record out in Wales. Um, yeah, you did that with uh, Ethan Johns, with right? With Ethan Johns. Man, that, yeah. oh, all right. Let's so his dad fucking, did some of the Zeppelin into, stuff. Dude, let's for, just fucking get into that real Yeah, quick. That, it was cool. Uh, it, the, the way it came about was just, you know, not as, not how I would have expected it if I heard that we did a record with Ethan Johns. <laughs> we were just like, we've always done our own records. Probably we'll go back to doing our own mm-hmm. records. You know, we're studio nerds. Not very good at it, but like being in the studio. Uh, but we were saying maybe we switch it up this time. Maybe we give it a shot working with someone, whatever. So we're then we get that idea that far, and we're saying, all right, but who do we work with? Who the fuck are producers yeah. nowadays? You know, it's yeah. Where do you even start with that research? Uh, we just happen to be listening to Aha Shake Heartbreak, mm. great Kings of Leon record oh, yeah. before they toured with you two and went to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'll you know the what landmark I'll, I'll, I'll still fuck when with go to shit, I'll still too. fuck with the what's the one because of the times because of the times I still too. fuck with that record I like man. I like those first two yeah. I think they're great yeah the third one's like uh, no that's it's kind of where gone. it begins it's like yep. all right there's a couple good ideas here but now <laughs> it's a little lost I'm with you but we were listening to Aha Shake Heartbreak yeah. on tour somewhere and we we're just like who recorded this this sounds great it just sounds like a fucking band yeah you know I think our issue had always been how do we like everyone touts our live show to us and that's great i'd very love to hear it 
how do we get that on the record? Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, you record shit live. We just had never done it um, for whatever reason. We all grew up making demos in our bedroom. So you guys you all know, tracked the other ones era. separately and everything. Like yeah, that. you know, it's lay down, scratch guitar, then sure. do the drums, then do the guitar, then do the bass. You know, that's how we knew to do it. Because when you're recording demos by yourself, that's how you do it. Yeah. Yes. And then you bring that to the band. That's how I know how to produce. You know. That's what happens right here. Totally, um, which is totally valid and great way to record, and I think has a lot of pros. Um, but anyways we listen to this record and we're like mm-hmm. this sounds great who did it oh ethan johns who's that oh it's glenn johnson <laughs> this dude's never gonna fucking work with us but maybe we should ask anyways and that dude did paul mccartney's a soul a paul mccartney soul record too. he did he did a couple nuts. tracks i think just oh, like two really? of them oh, okay. I, I think that the thing is that dude had like uh ethan johns and then uh george martin's kid also uh, do giles yeah, I think he was saying, here's the two old, like, Glenn Johns and George Martin, let's mm-hmm. get the kids yeah. for my record called New. That's right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, which is... I know, I'd never sick, heard about that. That's Paul. hilarious. It's a, it's a Paul McCartney uh, thing to do, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, Ethan Dude, hold on, wait so one second. Chill. Guess how fucking old Paul McCartney is. Uh, 78. 70, is he 78 now? He's 77. 77, he's my dad's That's age. That's my dad is, yeah. Hey, what's up, dude? dude. All right. What's up, dads? Can you, I, like, that... That just blows my mind. And he's still fucking ripping. So you guys went over to Wales, right? Yeah, because he, he lives in England and, you know, would have been real nice and affordable for him to just fly out to the <laughs> States and work with us. But uh, he wanted us to come out there so he could be close to his family. Wow. And we didn't realize even until we got there that he was going to go home on the weekends. We thought we had like three weeks straight mm. in the studio. And Non-stop. then a couple days in, it's like, so maybe like Saturday we'll get to this. He's like, oh, no, I'm going home to my family on Saturday. Mm. Uh, I do Australian for all english close enough people, same, yeah. man. I'm with you. <laughs> but great dude we've you know first day he comes through in a grateful dead shirt and i was just like oh, we're gonna get along right. great <laughs> what's yeah. up man um super laid back very hands-off kind of styled producer he was just very he was enthusiastic about the music i think he really he really just gets that like pure kid joy of hearing like something happen live and happen in a room and being like music is beautiful mm-hmm. you know he's that kind of guy mm-hmm. and brings that enthusiasm to capturing it so he really just kind of curated the vibe made us comfortable with the tracks but he was not like the all right we're gonna switch the lyrics up and you know don't play that there we got to chop the song's arrangement up he didn't try to do too much production not so. once yeah, like cool. he really was hands-off in that sense um and he was just you know cool guy he Talk about like uh, Stonehenge and shit. Did you get any? Did you get any sweet old like <laughs> rock and roll stories from you know? From he definitely, dad and yeah. Kind of he shit? would, he would, he would open up about it if we kind of mm-hmm. pressed him. It seemed like he didn't like. I think since he's a producer of his own right, yeah. He always, I think he's like weary of being like compared, kind of. Yeah, like I'm not my dad. My dad did that shit. Super and, and his uncle. Yeah. I respect um, that. Yeah, right. Uh, but he he would share stories, and you know, he was talking about how he got his first kid. I think from. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ronnie Lane from The Faces, and how Ronnie wow. Lane would give him all this advice. Sure. He like he would we'd talk about random bands, and he'd be like, "Oh, he was a great drummer. The way he played like this." And you'd realize, "Oh, he saw these guys play in the studio and play right. live. He was just around for Could all of it." Studied them. Yeah, and he really he learned a lot uh, just being around it growing up, which is an interesting perspective to get for sure. When it's like we love all these old '70s records, and that's what we have tried to emulate. Now we got a guy who's kind of been around yeah. during that. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, and we can talk more about the record, but I, I I listened to it again this morning, and I was like, it really has a nice, 
kind of seventies rock and roll vibe to it, man. Just Dude, like a classic yeah. rock vibe, which I fucking love. Classic. That's the thing rock. that fucking stokes me out so much about your band is that it's rock and roll is 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 super important to me and a lot of people my age, our age, much older, much younger, and it's super exciting that there's excite that there's forward pushing, but still understanding of the past and well versed in what's going on rock and roll happening right now man yeah. it's fucking it's really dope and it's and it's cool that like yeah sort of similar like the lineage continues like what you guys do owes a lot to bands like you know stones and velvet underground that kind of shit totally. but like but in in the same thing like he grew up through that you grew up through that so it's it's awesome that you get to work with this guy now and keep mm-hmm. that shit moving forward it's it's super I, I was thinking about it because i knew that you guys had your own studio and i was like i was wondering like what made them i was kind of wondering why you decided to work with him and now that you're telling me that it makes total fucking sense why you would want to work with something like yeah that. it was it was really i think really good for us like something we needed to do maybe just to kind of like get a little framework around it on the other hand, to be critical of myself, mm. I think it was like too on the nose for a band that's like classic rock leaning nah. to get like the like straight up really raw organic live recording thing. It was really cool. Don't know if I'd do it again. I yeah. think part of the interesting thing about doing classic rock leaning music nowadays is if you're recording it like bedroom style, mm-hmm. it lends it this different air and lets the songs breathe in a different way. So million ways you can do it. That's it was yeah, a great experience. True yeah, artists are never finished. And, and, I, and I, yeah, just I hate gotta, everything you do. I right? really I really dig the the end result of it for yeah, sure. But man, like you said, you guys are always going to continue to grow and evolve, and the next one is going to be approached in a different way because if you don't, that's when shit gets stagnant anyway. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, so you try no, to do no, the yeah. exact same thing la- you know, as you did last time. You know, so. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, boys. Uh, all right, well, last, last segment before we get to some other like gear and basically Katie and stuff. Um, Fuck the police is a, oh, a yeah. segment that we do every week, uh, which is where we talk shit somehow about the police or Sting or uh, you know any of their offspring, <laughs> essentially. Um, so I so it's gotten to the point because I hate that shit so much that I'm seeking it out. So now I found one. Uh, I guess the thirtieth, an- okay, I shouldn't say annual. The thirtieth Rainforest Benefit concert that Sting has been putting on is about to happen. Okay, and it's featuring. Two of my fucking very least favorite artists of all time. Am I gonna be hurt right here? I don't know. Johnny Cougs and fucking the Boss. All right, and oh. I, I like the Cougs. I know, and I know that my hatred the of boss, the Boss dude, is, un- is unwarranted. You're wrong. I everyone you're tells wrong. me this. I don't. I. It's more of a joke at this point than anything else. But, I've been there. I'm not a huge fan, but uh, I think he's. I think John, you have to I, think, what he's I have to say, I think Bruce Springsteen is probably. If not the most, one of the most important dudes to have ha- have ever been through rock and roll and all that music, I just it's just not it's just not my bag. Have you seen the video? Of Except him? the song uh, "I'm on Fire." That song. That's a great song. One of the best, that's my, my favorite, favorite songs song. of all time. Have you guys dived into Nebraska at all? That's what everybody asked it. me. I've listened to it. I feel like many that's times. the cool guy where you start. I know. You're cool for the for the boss. Dude, I, listen, that's Nebraska. where you go. Yeah. Straight. I used to play in the band for this dude Tommy Schrader here in Chicago. Tom Schrader and his ego, and he, Nebraska's his fucking record. And he tried doing the same thing to me like ten years ago. And I and and I don't and I don't hate it. I, it's just not. It's just not my thing. The so, river, man. I know. <laughs> I, the on. river, bro. I, you got to see him live. I, I don't have that much time on my hands. <laughs> you got all the time in the world. Day. How are you? Like thirty? <laughs> it's a fucking dude. I, I mean, I'm, that, have you seen the video of him on YouTube chugging the beer in front of the whole crowd? He just like slams a beer, and I was like, "All right, I got some respect for that." Dude. I have the boss all the respect for that. Dude. I didn't know he partied, so I was like, "All right, that's cool." I, I got a funny boss story. Oh, I love the boss story because uh, our. Yeah, our manager is the boss's manager's daughter. 
Whoa. So, Whoa. Uh, you know, weird thing. Um, so she brings us to see the boss when he played Chicago, like maybe three or four years ago. And after the show, we it's a long show. Mm-hmm. It's like seeing the dead or something. Yeah. You know, it's like three and a half hours yeah. nonstop. nonstop. I didn't know it was going to be that long. I hadn't been to a show like that ever at that point. So I was like, I got pretty drunk. I'd eaten an edible. I was just <laughs> feeling like kind of a little, little looby and tired. Uh, and we're heading backstage after, and she's like, you guys want to meet some of the guys from the band? And I, I straight up was like, ah, uh, not really. And she was like, come on, don't be a fucking You're asshole. Like ready to get the yeah. fuck out of <laughs> she was like, don't be an asshole. I was like, all right, I'm sorry. Fair enough. Yeah. You're being real. So we go to meet some of the guys in the band. I'm doing the quotation marks here. And she's leading us, and we've passed the 13th Street Band, or the E Street Band sign. We just pass it, and I'm oh, like, that's their room. What's going on here? And then she like takes a right into some nondescript door and down this hallway and opens another door and just bam, Bruce Springsteen in the middle of an empty room by himself. No, see, that's and cool, man. That's it was cool, but like it was pretty awkward for a second. It was like, oh, hey, Mr. Bruce, nice to yeah. meet you. I'm like, wasted. Shaking his hand. He's also like in a v neck and like some like, you know, American Eagle like distressed jeans. And I was yeah. like, this is so weird. Yeah. Uh, but we're kind of like just all shaking hands and like kind of wide eyed. And then our guitarist, Clay, who had no idea where we we're going, he thought we were going to get more beers. Yeah. He walks in the room last and he goes, Whoa, Bruce, <laughs> hell of a show! And smacks him on the back. Yes. <laughs> Finally, we all started just ice. laughing. I was yeah, like, dude. Thank God he just did that. This was so bad before he Fuck. just did that. Now it's a great story. Did he know like who you guys were that you were coming in there or anything? No, like he like he didn't even know we were going to meet anybody. He yeah. was just like, Oh, we're going to the beer room. Let's right. keep going. Follow oh the guys with the beer. You know? So funny, dude. So it worked out, but for a second there, it was looking grim. Yeah. <laughs> That's Anyways, a fucking rat. The he Bruce wears like V-neck and distressed jeans after his shows, so he's with the times. That doesn't surprise me. How, uh, that's uh, that's the mm. ultimate in relaxation right there. Of course you've got to wear a distressed American jeans. It gets hot under those jeans. you got to have some... Uh, D- again, some let me just doubly reiterate. I mostly say I don't. I hate the boss as a joke. I don't actually hate him because he's a fucking superstar hey, man, legend. And, it's uh, fucking whatever. music. You're allowed to fucking yeah. hate whatever you want. Yeah. And I think we get a little too precious nowadays about not hating music because, sure. you know, yeah. we all got to respect each you gotta other's respect, taste. Yeah. Yeah, if you fucking hate something, you can fucking hate it. That's fine. Right. You know, that being said, I you don't hate that. the police as much as you. No, I actually to. quite like a lot of the early police. Talented music. musicians. I just also, again, really like saying fuck them. So, uh, have you found out why he's in a sling on his Instagram? He's wearing a sling and a sting, bro. Stings in a sling. <laughs> Stings in a sling, bro. I think his left arm is in like a. It's in like a cast. No shit. Yeah. So I gotta find out. what's Maybe going that's on there. for the Broadway show he's in. He, he, he had to fell. get into character. There was a, was a broken arm. I hope he didn't hurt him. He hurt his bass playing arm, dude. That'd be bad. Aren't they both bass playing arms? I don't know how you play. Do you do the, you you do do, the, I could do one hand. You do left. the fucking murder phase of dick solo. I play with my dick, yeah. <laughs> you pick with your dick. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> For those who don't watch Metalocalypse, yeah. uh, that's, that's... Someone would be like, what the fuck reference. did he just... Dude, so wait. All right, I want to go back. We've, we've like randomly touched on a lot of shit so far in this episode. I want to go to a couple, back to a couple different things. Did you... You mentioned Chance. Did you go to school with him? Was yes. that that whole fucking thing well, with the 10 days and the whole thing? Yes. Is that right? Did that's that really that, happen? That's that whole fucking thing. Dude. Uh, that did fucking happen. Crazy shit. Um, yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah, just, you know, I was going to... I This story starts weird because I wasn't a kid who, like, skipped school or anything. But yeah. for whatever reason, this day, I had a friend what, who wait, went what to... what high school did you go to? Jones College Prep. Oh, word, yeah. Uh, down in the South Loop, right by Columbia for and sure. shit. Um, back when it looked like a jail, they built this whole new nice yeah. one, yeah. like, five, six years ago. Um, 
Anyways, I had a friend who went to a private school or something, and he had a day off. And I was like, well, I'm going to fucking skip school today, then. And I'm going to go hang out with him and smoke weed all day. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I got an eighth of weed, and I, I get to, like, my mom drops me off by school. Uh, and then there's this spot in an alley right around the corner where we all would get high and smoke cigarettes before school. And school's already started, and I'm smoking a spliff with uh, our bassist, Jack. And I guess Chance had went into school and then decided he wanted to go smoke a cigarette, so snuck out of school mm-hmm. right as it's starting. And the school cop, he eyes him, so he's following him from behind. Uh, you know, it's detective style. I'm going to follow this 17-year-old kid and bust him. Right. Jesus. Um, <laughs> he was a nice school cop at the end of the day. but yeah. Doing his job. Uh, kind of silly. But Chance comes around the corner. Hey, man, how's it going? Hand him the spliff. Bam, right after that. Mm. School cop comes around it. the corner. Mm. He's got the spliff in his hand. I've got an eighth of weed in my backpack. Oh. Jack had some cigarettes in his bag, so he got three-day suspension. But me and Chance both get taken to, uh, like, the cop station down in the South Loop down there and held for seven hours or whatever mm-hmm. and processed. And we both got 10-day suspensions, which is where he started working on the 10-day mixtape. Yeah. And I started making demos for our shitty first wow. record. Uh, so, you know. I guess I guess in a, in a And way. we've been asked about it. Many times, I don't think anyone has ever asked Chance about that story. I was going to say, uh, I wonder if he remembers that things. story. He would remember it, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. But I don't think anyone in the press has ever been like, wow. so what about that time you got arrested with Twin Peaks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. no, no, well, I tell you what, we get him on the fucking show, that's the first question I'm yeah, yeah, asking. Yeah, dude. I appreciate <laughs> it. I would love for someone to finally ask Fuck him that yeah. question. You got exclusive content right here. Oh, man. Well, I mean, all three, we, got, we all love the White Sox. That fucking story. I, I also went to high school in the city, but I think we've got another fucking thing in common, and that's fucking... Dude, we're, we're fucking tall boys that play rock and Big roll, boys man. Play rock and yeah, roll. you guys are uh, Dude. making me look kind of short over here. But the, the, here's the... Th- you know what, man? Let us have our moment, because the thing is, rock and roll has always been a little guy's game, and really? I'm fucking still... in the Bruce, Prince. some small guys. Dude, uh, fucking Tom York, fucking Prince... Oh, did you say Prince? Yeah, oh, Prince. dude, shit. There were some tall... There were some D- tall Ryan cool. James Dio. I mean, I just feel like, in general... <laughs> Dio, Dio was tiny. Dude, he's like 5'3 like... tops. Yeah, bro. Fucking with... Well, it's that it's that, Scott, it's that Napoleon Scott, complex Angus that gets Young you like, as well. Gets your creative side out, you know what I mean? And Neil's a tall guy, right? Yeah. Well, dude. Neil so the, here's the thing. I actually I looked it up because I was like, man, I, I I thought of a couple, but I was like, who are some other fucking tall dudes that play rock? Because I was stoked to hang out with you and be like, man, it's just like it's He's awesome. Tall. I was like, it's awesome to like have to look up at a person for once, play the fucking guitar, whatever. Uh, so check it out, Chris Novoselic. Yeah, who actually I've been on a flight with him before, and that dude is super fucking tall for sure, like giant tall. tall. Thurston Moore, that dude's at least I think he's like MJ's height, six six. Joey Ramone, Tom Schultz from Boston, because I mean I kind of fucking love Boston Boston. in some ways. Ed O'Brien, he's like six five. Uh, Snoop Dogg. I mean, he's not really rock and roll, but he's still Snoop Dogg. He's, he's a tall rock and roll. And Josh Homme, who I've actually he is tall, also, he? and he yeah. yeah, he's he's at least six four, maybe. He's taller than me there. for sure. Is he? Yeah, he's got to be. I used to love love that band so much. Oh, they're 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 yeah, they're still one of my favorites. In fact, I just saw today they're doing a reissue of Song for the Deaf, which is their best album. Uh, on vinyl with like a cool marbled red and black thing that I'm definitely gonna be buying. It will be yours. It shall be mine. Oh yes, it shall be. 
so dude, yeah, fucking lo love the love the White Sox Tall Boys connection right there for sure, man. The other thing I noticed that I was I was watching some of your guys' videos recently, and I noticed you play Tall String Electric with the band sometimes. Sometimes, uh, yeah. I, for a second, I was using the greatest one I've played is uh, our friend Andrew Humphrey, who plays in a great band, Sun Cop, and helps co-produce some of our stuff. Uh, He's got like the Strat Twelve. Yeah, yeah. I think the, it's, it's like a nineties one, right? one. Yeah, I saw you playing that. Incredible! Fit I saw you playing s playing leads on that bad boy. That was yeah, that yeah. was some cool I shit. I was dude. trying to cook on it. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, we brought this up last week, and, and Henry's in the market yeah. right now. Well, I'm in school. I'm in the process of having a custom body. I bought a '66 Villager neck, Fender, you know, Fender Twelve yeah, yeah. from '96, and I'm having uh, some friend, a good friend of ours, uh, as a luthier over at Lakeland Bases in guitars, and mm -hmm. he's building a body, custom body for me. So I'm having, a, I'm turning into a twelve string electric. Nice thing. So it's just been like my my super obsession right now. So when I saw you do that too, I was like, dude, that we yeah, need to talk that about guitar that is sick. Um, and for a while, so I was doing that, but there's one part of the song that I was using it live for where I was playing a lead, and I was like, be sick to like not. Had to do it on the twelve. <laughs> there was like a little break, and I would switch to a six string. Oh, uh, dude, double neck, bro! I got a double neck. You got a double neck. I, I got oh, a double neck. What'd you get, man? Uh, I got. Oh, we were man. on tour in Boise, Idaho, and we got you know gearheads. We're on Craigslist, like on the yeah, van dude. on the highway. Like, what's like in the next city? Like, can yeah, I maybe buy anything? Do that shit. And this dude was selling a Dano twelve or a Dano double neck for. 400 bucks Whoa. It, was like, it was my birthday coming up too and i was like will the band split it with me yeah will the band put down 200 if i put down 200 Sweet. they were like hell yeah let's do it good for the live show man so i was rocking that for a while and the kids fucking loved it but i got so sick of that shit really? it's just it was not a great guitar on either end mm. you know like neither end was satisfying yeah, for real. and it's like i felt i started feeling really goofy yeah. I didn't feel kind of like good a, in it. Yeah. You, got, you got to look cool when you're playing your instrument. And people probably thought I looked cool, but yeah. I didn't think you I didn't feel cool. cool. Yeah. I didn't feel cool. I felt yeah. like a fucking dork. I yeah. was like, I'm Dude, playing Dan a fucking dorky guitars, man. <laughs> yeah, I hate to break it. To you. Except for when Jimmy Page played that shit on Cashmere, man. You got. Oh well, yeah, that's yeah, that. pretty cool. I mean, the Dano, like, if it's a fucked up old black sparkle Dano, yep. right. that's sick. I'll that's beat it. the shit. That's a thing. Yeah. Or you know, they're like paddle headstock. I guess those were silver tones. Are they? Pianos. Silver, silver tone. tone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Same, same, same fucking idea though. Do wait. So do you guys? Do you guys tour with the like, guitar tech? Um, no. Because that, that's, that's a lot of fucking. That's a lot of tuning. Eighteen strings on one guitar like mm -hmm. that, man. That's a. And you guys, obviously, you already alluded to it. Like, you have a reputation for a rowdy fucking live show. So throwing shit around, thrashing shit around with an eighteen string and like a, a poorly made eighteen. Yeah, string I would imagine that didn't stay in tune. Yeah, that can't be like. More than only one, had to one, use it for one song. Right. Though. Yeah. But then the problem is we would like transition to a song right out of that one. So for a while, I would just keep playing the next song yeah. on it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm playing a whole song on the sixth. <laughs> like, I don't need to be wearing this still. That was, yeah, it was becoming a problem. How many so now I don't even with? play it on 12. I just play the whole song yeah. before on six string because fuck it. Um, I want to try one of these the alternate reality 12 strings that Fender's just putting yeah, out. Yeah, pre order right now. Um, I, yeah, I'm waiting to. They were lucky to get stuff from Fender here and there, and the guy said, "I'll, I'll get you one, but I don't know when." Dude, was like, that that they're, Fender, they're just like Fender all... twelve that we were talking about last week? No, that was actually a custom shop oh. with a green, a green yeah, headstock, green, one, yeah. green body. Oh, that it, like What's I don't the, even know if it made it into the inform store. Inform me like, on just... what the uh, alternate reality. Alternate reality is their series where it's like 
if we lived in an alternate version of this reality, these Fender guitars might have existed. Oh, is it like they mixed the Strat and the Tele or something? Yeah, they usually just kind of mix shit yeah. up. Yeah. It's like an offset body with like the, you know, little curved headstock the hockey, thing. The I think, the hockey I think of it like a field yeah, hockey stick, yeah. which is the same neck that I It looks I'll cool. It's supposed to be similar to like the 90s Strat 12s they yeah. were doing. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be pretty nice. Uh, so hoping to get one of those. I've also got this sick... Actually, Phil from CME has worked on a lot of weird, the weirder guitars I've played in my days. Not even that weird, but more customized guitars. I used to, like, my, my baby, my favorite guitar is this old Silvertone big hollow body I have. Mm. I think it's like the an Cri- EP11T or something. Not familiar. It's like, is it like, is it a single cutaway, black? Double cutaway. Double cutaway no, okay. it's double cutaway, super light, super thin neck, and it's got this, the headstock, like, uh, has this kind of like check mark thing going huh, on. Hmm. It's got a weird shape. Pretty cool guitar. Yeah. The one I have is I love it. Uh, super thin neck, uh, Brazilian rosewood. I want to say. Ooh. Uh, and I had Lawler gold foils put in it. Nice. You know, mastery bridge, new bone nut, all the stuff. All the stuff. Um, all the accoutrements. And mm. then that was my favorite. And I was looking for a backup. Eventually found another one of it that I got that was not the same. It was like a thicker neck. And it would look the same, but then it didn't feel right. Feel quite right, yeah. But then I found the same guitar again, 12-string, with the checkmark headstock, same body, but like thin, thinner. And I was like, wow, there's how many of these can I find? So I got the 12-string, put the gold foils on it, I think refret and bone nut, but it still has the original bridge, and the bridge is just fucked, and shit moves around and falls off all the time. So mean to bring it by to CME because he found me a nice like 12 different fucking intonatable yeah. saddles the rick, rick style, style. Yeah. uh 12 i'm trying yeah. to put that on so maybe once i get that fixed i'll go back to using a 12 live well, that that shit would make me look cool yeah it would make I you agree. look cool and i i mean obviously you you guys sometimes have two or three guitars happening how yeah. do you how do you guys how do you approach that shit like how do you is it a per song basis you guys are all deciding like well i should play the telly or i should play this kind of sound like how do you guys think about bringing those tones together um so our other guitarist Clay does not think about those things. Yeah, right on. <laughs> not not a gear nerd. Just goes for by it by any expense. He like he likes his old fucked up KES. He's been using a carbon copy forever. Mm-hmm. Just set no you know no reverb on. Just like a carbon copy set a little bit. And yeah. I gave him a boost and tried to describe how to use it. And he just cranked it all the way up and kicks <laughs> it on sometimes. If you're gonna pedal, pedal. Yeah, right? it's, yeah it's right. Yeah, dude. Totally. Yeah, a, dude. All right, we're thinking about T-shirt designs right now. That's got to that, put that on a fucking. If you're gonna shirt pedal, for us. pedal. He's J- Dave, I like Dave's designer boy. If you're gonna pedal, pedal. Done. Done. Um, we'll give you. We'll, and then we'll we'll put we'll we'll, we'll also credit you in parenthesis yeah. underneath there because uh, I, I deserve no credit. <laughs> uh, um, you could just put a the pedal blasted to twelve though. Yeah, know? exactly. The knob's got to be all the way up. Yep. That's my input. Done. Um, so he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, our our. Other guitarist, third guitarist, keyboard player as yeah. well, Colin. He's real like aficionado kind of guy and really knows his gear. He's a really good engineer. He brings that element to the band. So he he'll have more ideas about that. He knows when he should be playing guitar. He has his guitar set a lot brighter mm-hmm. than mine and like a little thinner, so it sits on top. Nice. Um But at the end of the day, winging it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always winging it. Like you know, if it sounds bad, for real, you're gonna switch it up, and maybe you can address why it sounds bad. But not often beforehand, we're like, all right, so here's a song we should play the strat on this because yeah. it's gonna work. You yeah. know, 
that shit's good to know and when I'm recording other bands I will get like that for sure in the studio mm-hmm. but when you're just playing rock and roll it's just like fucking pick it up and play it well, like, kind and of if it sounds like shit switch it to something else you guys play a lot of guitars live I mean you're, you're switching stuff up and- yeah for a while for sure I've, I've been on this kick I was talking to him about for the past year where I got a Strat and I was like using the volume knob and cutting out on my pedals and was managing to just play the whole show on the Strat cool. uh which I'm over now. Mm-hmm. It was a good thing for it's me. It's something learn how to we do. all have to go through. We yeah. all do. Got to know just it, guitar to amp. Every tone, good guitar yeah. player yeah. plays a strat for a year. As loud as it goes, and then you do the thing. You yeah. learn. You learn how they used to do it, and then you say, "Okay, cool. Let's build off that." I like how I do it, yeah. but yeah. now I got a little more like, "Okay, maybe my fuzz pedal needs a little less volume, a little bit right totally. now." Yeah. Right. So that was good, but gonna definitely go back to switching guitars a bit. I don't often do it for tone. I often do it for capo usage live, yeah. like keeping a set rolling mm-hmm. tm who tunes the guitars if he can just hand me one that's tuned bam awesome uh so it's really when you're switching tunings and then you say okay well what guitar should be the main and what should be for the capo then for that song then you can start thinking about what do i have how do i parse it up yeah um but yeah like i'm i fucking switch it up all the time i like what guitars i use on yeah. tour it's what about been, what about pedals uh this tour what are you how, how many are you gonna bring out with you well the plan is well this will be the test drive for yeah. going back to pedals um i'm thinking my rundown will be tuner shallow water from fairfield circuitry super cool um used to be into like choruses and modulation a lot i really love that because it sounds a little more like a fucked up tape machine it's not like a. It's random modulators. If you remember doing. the first, the first uh, our Dan Liu, who's I play music with, amazing musician. Our first guest of the show, uh, that was one of the pedals we were talking about yeah. that he had just got because he basically like runs everything through that at one just to fuck shit up. Basically, is what he how he it can it. and it can go crazy. Yeah, and I love the low pass, uh, low pass, low pass. Mm-hmm. That's the low fancy pass. way of saying. Um, From now on, anytime I say. It's got the low pass filter, which is really, it can be fun for before I was using the volume knob much. It really helped with like playing with dynamics. If you had it going and you're just playing a little softer, you'd lose the high end bite. If, if, Once you hit if you it, you cut into yeah. it, yeah. it would work. I probably won't use that feature on it now. I think um, like I'd cut it out of my board. Uh, I think I want to use it now, just have it always on. Uh, subtle modulation thing going on so it just kind of sounds a little more like my guitar is a fucked up tape machine guitar yeah mm-hmm. mine is also broken and the volume pot is really pushing it nowadays so i'll probably have it just kind of give me a little extra drive at a lower volume just kind of is what it is right is what it is yeah. hit that blues driver for the extra you know probably on a lot of the time then this jex telez uh dizzy tone baby Dizzy Tone will be my lead thing. See how it goes. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, then I'll hit... Right now I've got the Dark World. Really cool pedal. Uh, if I can in the next week, I might try to just get a carbon copy though and cut out using the reverb and go back to how I used to do it, how our other guitarist mm-hmm. does it. Just like an always-on subtle delay instead of reverb. What is it about the carbon co- copy that you dig? I fucking just I I don't like some of the newer ones, uh, but there's the, something the carbon copy bright. Yeah, don't not into that no. or the deluxe and yeah, I think maybe because it is analog. Like I've just had some carbon copies that don't do it for me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But uh, my favorite delays have been a carbon copy. I just love how it sounds. Something very just it's. It's like, it can be 
high in your mix, but it's when you use it subtly, it just doesn't sound like a delay or a verb is on. It just makes your guitar sound good. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's just Thickens like it up kind of. Or yeah, something. it's yeah. just it's just really helpful for tone. I feel like I'm with you, man. Uh, so love those pedals. Thinking about doing that and then Capistan for when I really want a delay effect. He also got the L cap. Oh. Which I used for a long time. I love those pedals. And our other guitarist, Colin, he uses it in a really cool way because he doesn't use it as a delay. Oh. He's got like the age setting all the way up, mix all the way up, and then no delay mm-hmm. on. So it's just similar like tape machine effect yeah. mm-hmm. on his guitar. So he always runs that on his guitar always on and just kind of That's at the end sweet. of his chain like makes it sound a little more lo-fi in a, a nice sounding way, like just old. Damn. Like as if you had some tape effect in Ableton you were putting on your guitar, yeah, but you right. can run into your amp. So that's a cool way, weird way to use an expensive delay pedal. But really cool, actually. All the pedals that I can think of that do that kind of thing are all pretty expensive. Like Chase Bliss has one. Actually, Strymon has one that's like specifically a kind of a tape thing. In itself, yeah, that's so. that like saturator and saturator one side, like slapback the other yeah, side. Yeah, 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 totally. The, I, I used to use one of those. Called. What's it called? It's not the dig. Uh, I can't remember what it is right now. Yeah, we'll we'll correct that shit next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll find it in the ministry. Um, and then you, are you going to do you tour with the deluxe? I've been touring with the deluxe. Gonna go back to Silvertone Twin Twelve. I think. Oh, oh right. Which on. has been my amp for many years. I think I saw a photo of you playing that. The Silvertone. They're amp. so sick. Yeah. And, and they don't. Know, nothing else really sounds like those things either. And I love. I bridge the channels on mine. Yeah. So, and I've done it a couple different ways where I've had like bass channel, treble channel. Usually it's just like get it sounding good, bring the other one to the same thing. Now you're fucking crunching. <laughs> now it's right. extra you know? fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Do you have? Enough. Have you ever had any issues touring with those things? Yeah, I, was I mean, they were too. made like pretty really poorly no, back I, in the day. I, I bought one uh, while we were on tour that got shipped to somewhere we were at on tour because our the guitarist Colin had a had a silver tone his dad had stolen back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> He always used a Twin 12, and I was like, man, I love this amp. So I got one, and I bought one off Reverb that was, like, all original tubes, like, just, yeah, yeah. you know, a pristine condition one, and it showed up with some broken tubes. Right. And so I hit up the guy. I was like, man, I don't want to be a dick, but, like, way they were packed, some of them were broken. Yeah. Kind of reason I paid this much yeah. for it, because they were the original ones. Exactly. So he sent me some really, like, dope holy grail tubes nice. is how he put it okay looked them up people seem to think that don't remember what they're called because yeah. i don't know that much about tubes and shit yeah. but sounds awesome uh they've all held up I haven't had to switch out any tubes or anything on it cool got a couple years got a road case for it that's all it really is yeah Just that's don't a big fuck deal. with it yeah that's a good point put it road in the case. case keep it safe yeah um but that's why I used the Deluxe for a bit, because I was like, maybe I'll stop touring with my, like, you know, 67 yeah. Silvertone. Well, that's like a studio quality amp, you yeah. know, the, the Silvertone. But it just sounds good, so I'm yeah. going to tour with it again. Fuck it, man. Fuck you know it. what? We talk Don't about be that too a lot. about it. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. It's just like, if you have good gear, fucking play it live, you know? That's what it was made, that's for. What made for. That's what it's made for. They're all fucking tools, man. Mm-hmm. Dude, you mentioned uh, before, and I know that you've done some some prequel shit recording other bands, like... What's some of the what's who are some of the what's some of the shit that you guys have uh, or you yourself have recorded at your studio? Um, I something I'm proud of that'll be coming out kind of soon is uh, this band The Knees, who are a really cool Chicago band. Um, it's my really good friend David Miller. He played in Twin Peaks for a while. We met him out when we were at Evergreen College. Uh, we went to college for three months. It was a good time. You guys uh, all went to school together, right? Three of us went to Evergreen State. Cool. It was just a lot of mushrooms. It was yeah. a yeah. nice time. College is awesome. Yeah, it was great. Three, all three and months the of it. Forest <laughs> College is cool. 
Uh, but we met him there, and he joined the band for a bit, moved to Chicago, ended up leaving the band but staying in Chicago, and he did a band called Strange Faces for a couple years. I played in that band and mixed his first record. Now he's got a band called The Knees that are, like, quite... Like, I guess uh, I guess a little post-punk. It's, like, it leans into that, like, very angular women, uh, the hex before. Their oh, new record fuck. is fucking awesome, yeah, but kind of more like their first record. Speaking my language on um, that, for sure. They're kind of, like, up that alley, and it's really cool guitar interplay and uh, interpolation of different time signatures and stuff. Um, One's Polyrhythms, you might call that, Ooh, right? I love yeah. the polyrhythm. Right. <laughs> Getting a little mashuga in yeah. the house. I think it's coming out. They just finished the Masters, so hopefully in the next month or two. I don't know when they're dropping it, but keep your eyes out for the knees. Yeah, the next release is something we did at our okay. studio. Um, there's a younger band called The Town Criers, who's a really good friend of mine, uh, Andre Baptista, a kid from Brazil. Uh, he has a band called Town Criers that like kind of like go power pop meets Sabbath. Uh, and it's it's a lot it's all over the place, Whoa. but they're cool. And I did I'm, some I of their stuff. Imagining, imagining that, in my head. <laughs> me too. Yeah. But they managed to pull it off. Oh. It's kind of it, it. Instead of it going in the same song, a lot of times it's like a power pop song and then a kind of heavy song. Okay, but it works. Like they pull it off. Um, so did some of that stuff. Also not out. Only thing that's come out that I've worked on in there was the Calpurnia EP, which was. This kid Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, uh, his band, um, That's which was so an rad awesome that you experience. Got to do that, man. He's how like a little even, brother to me. How did you like, hook up with that kid? Um, our friend Joe, who played in Post Animal and also is in Stranger Things, met him because of Post Animal, uh, and he Finn was a big fan of Twin Peaks, so he connected us basically just because I was a big fan of the show. Hell yeah, man! That's so crazy, dude. And Look out for season four dropping soon. Shit, I'm looking yeah, forward to that shit. Yeah, uh, and so me and Finn just started texting, and like you know, three, four years ago now, maybe three years, I don't know. Um, and he would just like send me guitars he was buying and talk about gear, and we would you know uh, just shoot the shit with him. Yeah. He's a super sweet kid, and had the like he has the exact same passion that I had at his age. Yeah, and like finding about things at the same time I was, yeah. and I really love seeing that in him, and like he just reminds me of myself a lot. So we really hit it off, and then the way that record worked out was funny because I got a call um, from this guy from a label I'd never met before who had my number. He said, hey, I'm from Royal Mountain. We're going to do this Calpurnia record, and I was wondering if you'd want to produce it. And I was like, I mean, hell yeah. Why didn't Finn just call me? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's like too nervous to bring it up or something. Yeah, like, maybe. yeah, of course. Uh, so that was the first thing we that got released from our studio at all. It was a really great experience. Like they're, uh, they're lucky to have some kids who are way beyond their years as musicians. The the guitarists and bassists in particular were like virtuoso esque like players. Wow, wow. Guitarist Ayla Tesler Mabe, uh, she's fantastic guitarist. Um, just super versatile, uh, young, totally crazy. It was you know that would be a little awkward for me sometimes because I'd be like trying to talk about what I think was cool. But it was also like, I mean, I have a tough time telling you anything because like you can do way more than I can do. And yeah. You're like mm -hmm. sixteen, so like, why am I fucking telling you what to play? Like, <laughs> play whatever you want. It's, but you also, have, you have outside perspective. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. That's well, that's what I was you. thinking. Yeah. You know, but we would have funny times where she'd be like, "Well, I really want it to sound like uh, SVR, uh, SRV," uh, oh. yeah, and I'd be like, like well, I don't "We should any... DI this shit and go fucking, yeah. you know." 
crunchy Zeppelin tone right now. I don't now. have any like, dumbbells here, but we could overdrive this preamp <laughs> instead. Right. Okay. We, we well, don't SRV in this studio. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not no SRV. Denied. <laughs> denied. No SRV. Um, but she's, I mean, just fantastic player. Wow. So it was really fun to get to work with them, and that Sick. was my first experience like producing, uh, really, and. It was it was great because if like a friend's band that I really loved who was my age or older asked me to produce their band, I'd be like way too nervous to do it. Mm -hmm. But it was easy to dive into it, being like, "Well, y'all are like fourteen to sixteen, yeah. so like I can't really fuck it up. Like, <laughs> right? You know, right. This will be great. They'll sure. think it's cool." Yeah. And it was it made me more confident doing it for anyone else because you know I forgot that oh I've done it with my own records the whole fucking time. Yeah, like, exactly. That's what we do. Like I'm good at what I do for it. I'm not a super versatile producer, but. I can get the sounds I can get, and if you like it, yeah, work with me, great. You so know, you have your own studio. So what's that? What's that setup? We're out at Treehouse Records, and they. So it's the same as the rehearsal space. It's in the rehearsal space, but the guys there who are good friends of ours and just really great supporters, they built us. Like we were looking for a new studio. We were at uh, Practice Space. It was over like the one at like Palmer. No, maybe not Palmer. Um, ah, fuck. Uh, whatever. We whatever. were at another practice another space, spot. like a warehouse yeah. spot, and it all got closed down. And actually, our friends had to move all our gear out uh, while we were on tour. Oh man! Um, and so we were looking for a new spot because we had to keep working on stuff and recording, you know. And the guys at Treehouse were like, "Well, hey, we just had some space open up. We can build you whatever you need." Whoa! Uh, so they like built us a studio that's got a proper control room, live room, isolation room, and a bunch of storage. Um, so we're fucking lucky as shit. Yeah, and then dude. we found a studio closing downtown that was getting rid of the control glass for free. So we got some free control room glass and put that in the isolation wow. room, in the control room. So it's like fairly legit setup. Um, just doesn't have that much gear. It's got a lot of gear, but dude, at the end the of the day, it's like, you know, it's a project studio. Yeah. Still. Um, and it's, you know, it's shit that works that we would use anyways. Now we just have a nice spot to use it. Exactly. We've always talked about this before too. Like, you know, I think we've both enjoyed where you go to a studio and it's not just walls of amps that maybe the engineer, you know, doesn't want to use. It's, they have specific gear. They know exactly how to use it and dial it in. And that's really all that fucking matters. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I, I recently watched an interview with Steve Albini, like not my favorite stylistically, but respect the guy so much. And something he was just saying is like, if we don't use it, unless it serves like a very unique purpose that might come mm -hmm. up. It's gone. Yeah. Like utilitarian. What sounds good? What are you yep. going to use? And I totally get down with Start that. Start small. I'm with yeah. that shit. Big time, dude. So you guys are about to go out on tour. Obviously, you've got this like pretty fucking rowdy reputation. Like, there, you've, there's had to be some crazy shit that's happened live, right? Like, have you have you ever felt have you ever felt like afraid when you're on stage? Like shit no, was like going no, too far. No, never felt afraid. Um, I've been laughing my ass off that like wow this sucks, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've never felt afraid. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I get pissed. I'll get angry when like fans are jumping on stage and jumping off a lot, and people are like you know stepping on my pedals and shit. I'll be yeah. like, you know, there's, there's classic video Jay Riotard. I don't know if you guys ever yeah. seen oh, yeah. that yeah. video. Of, uh, no, I'm not sure which video. I mean, I there's know. a video of this. It's fucked. It's honestly fucked up. This kid's like, you know, fucking with his pedals. Some drunk kid in the audience. He's like, if you fucking touch my pedals, I'm gonna whoop the fuck out of you. And he touches his pedals again, and he like kicks the kid I'm in the face. And like, yeah, it's, nasty. it's pretty gnarly. Um, but it's also like, yeah, I've definitely been like, yeah, very angry on stage, and like, 
definitely had some pedals break. Um, and oh, nowadays, I often, if there's no barrier, I go up to the kids in the front row in front of my shit and I say, y'all going to watch out for me tonight. Yeah. Like, make sure this doesn't get unplugged. Dude, that's a great make idea. Make sure that's no really one's really Jose cool. Drake's all my helpers. I'll yeah. give you a set pro- list after the show, yeah, whatever. You know, just kind of get everyone on the team. Honestly, We're all here together. Let's that, make man. this show happen. If they're in the front row, that means they probably showed up early. And- totally. Like, yeah. they're, they're fans who yeah. are super down to help with that. And we have, like, we're lucky to have, we have a lot of, really awesome fans who travel and see us all over and that we're friends with now that'll make it to, you know, 10 shows of a tour. So when there's, you know, an asshole dude in the audience who's, like, being too roughhouse, often we have these girls that we know that we give the look and they, like, push the guy out and, like, scold him a little bit and just say, yo, chill out, have fun, but chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice having that community with our fans where it's, like, our shows can be intense, but let's all look out for each other. And if you see something that's happening that's too intense... Say it, yeah. clear it up. They probably didn't mean it. Just yeah. fucking tell them to chill the fuck out. And if they don't, then kick them the fuck out. Right. Exactly. But you know, keeping it, uh, keeping it all moving along and trucking along. We're all here as a community. Let's have a good time. Dude, that's a that's a hot tip right there. I love that idea of just getting making it inclusive, getting people involved, oh, and then yeah, they'll man. feel special. And then, that's but true. then they'll, they're in the end, they're gonna look out for your shit. And you're gonna have a let's better show. Let's get this show going. Right, yeah, like, let's just keep the train keep rolling. You know, I don't need my one spot getting unplugged. You uh, see it happen, plug it back in. Right, you're right yeah. here. Come on, let's rock. For sure, dude. Here's dude. a beer. Yeah. I'm not going to drink my three beers in front of me in the set. <laughs> right. I have like six sips a show. Have the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Fu- I know we've been talking for like fucking forever, which has been awesome, but I don't want to keep you forever. But I do want to I do want to ask just a couple more things. I saw that Omama video that came out. Was that about a month or so ago? Maybe. Yeah, it sounds about right. The, what was what the fuck is going on in that video, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, our guitarist, Clay, just him having some you know freaky ideas he really wanted to his first like prompt was swamp he's like it's gotta have some swamp vibes all right bar, I, yes, I saw the, bar. Like, the shit hanging from your headstock and all that kind of thing <laughs> yeah, it was fucking travesty um yeah there's this uh really cool bar uh it's a treehouse uh that they let us use um we got all these tvs from this guy nick who actually has done a lot of like live video work for cave you know, the Chicago bands mm-hmm. and he builds like modular units for TVs and TV editing essentially. But anyways, he had done the show for Knee High. Uh, you guys remember Knee High? Oh hell yeah, yeah, dude. great band. Rest in peace. But great bands coming out of it too. Dead and spun out. Both awesome bands. Anyways, they had done a record release at the Bottle four years ago, maybe that had all these TVs behind the band, and there was a m- camera on Jason, the singer's mic. Uh, so like his mouth was being projected on these TVs and then live edited. And I always cool. just remembered that being sick. That's cool. And so we ended up hitting up Jason and be like, who did that? And he's like, my friend, Nick, we hooked up with him and he gave us all these TVs and the editor and the iPad. And he just gave us all the shit to use. Cause he wow. was like, I'm fucking sick of storing it. I don't <laughs> want this shit anymore. You guys can just fucking have he's it. He's been waiting for someone to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So you set up with all that. So you catch it a little bit in the video, but I set up all these TVs throughout the room and put together like a little swamp collage video collage thing that plays throughout it that was kind of fun to set up and then we just bought all these freaky costumes and we're like (laughs) let's put some people in some costumes and it ended up a little sillier than i think we wanted to be weirder more than silly and it's probably a pretty hard middle ground (laughs) uh but Oh, I love it. It was a really fun shoot. And, and uh, what the fuck, you guys, are, it looked like you were drinking like highlighters or some shit. There was like this like light uh, they, up liquid. Well, they, no one actually drank them, but we we took like, you know, glow sticks oh, and we broke them oh, open right. and we I'll poured it in there. Was. 
Uh, but and the, our friend Alec, who was directing it, did a great job. He kept being like, "Well, it's like non-toxic. You can drink it. Like it'd be great if someone drank it." And we were like, "Shut the yeah. fuck up! <laughs> like, no one's drinking this fucking For glow this stick liquid. Music video. You gotta be fucking kidding yeah. me! You fucking drink it on yeah, camera. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm not shitting highlighter for the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, so yeah, all funny. right. Well, you guys are about to fucking head on tour. I don't want to keep you any longer because you're about to do that shit. Oh, good. Thank you so a much. Pleasure to be yeah, here and chat with you. I'm having fun. Yeah, I had a high life starting at one oh, yeah, That's great. That's right. Tell the people where they can find out some shit about what's going on with you guys. Um, you know, you can find out about us in the darkest dungeons. Uh, mm. If you play a little Dungeons and Dragons and you ask your DM to sorcer up Twin Peaks, he might tell you our tour dates. But if that doesn't sound up your alley, you can go to TwinPeaksDudes.com slash shows. Um, also, our Instagram often has funny videos. We try to keep it silly. Uh, that's Instagram's where the information's really at. Yeah, that's, don't ask your DM. Dude, that's, that's where all the shit is, man. Instagram. You guys play Dungeons and Dragons? I used to. I it's did in the eighties, man. Let's yeah. bring it back. Right, pen and paper all the way, baby. That shit's fucking wonderful. Katie, you're the fucking you're the man. Thank you're the man. Thanks for coming, man. man. You're the man, nice Dave. You, Quite a pleasure. Peace.